0: The Morning Grind. Stevie TPFL and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate.
2: Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young.
3: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is May 7th, it's 2019, and we have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, brother from another mother, the bearded brother, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Uh, not too bad. I mean, lost a small amount of money today, but it was more about just exporting the wrong lineups into the wrong contests. Everyone has those days every once in a while where they accidentally misclick a big lineup and it ends up ends up crushing your ROI for the day, where it should have been profitable, but ends up a small loss. But overall, not too bad. I mean. It's another day with baseball. The Warriors game was fantastic tonight. I can't, I can't complain too much.
3: Yeah, this uh, Western Conference games they've been awesome. Um, Like they've been great. They've been fun to watch. They just all around great. So now that the Magic are out, like I, I, you know, I obviously I don't really care that much, you know, with the Magic out. But you know, just as a fan of the sport, just kind of watching them, it's fun to watch. So. Um, I did not lose money today. It's gonna be a decent day for me. Um cash games kind of holding me up. Committing to playing Matt Carpenter on both sides kind of helped out. And um yeah, you know, it was a really good NASCAR day. So can't really complain. Ready to break down. We've got 13 games. If you guys haven't checked our sponsor, make sure you head on over, check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto Grinders links. That way, if we run any cool promos with Fantasy Draft, you get access to them. You also get access to Fantasy Draft Premium on Rotor grinders for three months when you sign up through the links. So if you haven't already, check them out. Uh, Grant, let's get started. We're not going to do the two early games until they put them on the main slate. It's kind of nice not having to talk about the Yankees or play the Yankees every day. Uh, They can keep playing at 630 if they want. That doesn't hurt my feelings.
2: Yeah, no, it's not like the Cleveland situation – it was the last year where every single time you wanted an extra ace on the slate and, well, now I can't play Carrasco. Now I can't play Kluber. Now I can't play this guy. I'm, I'm fine with not playing the Yanks.
3: All right. Um, we get started with tex- Texas at Pittsburgh. Um, Adrian Sampson against Steven Braut. Um Is this his first start of the season? I know he's been working out of the bullpen with them. But I think this – I'm pretty sure this is his first start. Um, yeah, he's starting for Jameis and Tyon. So, you know, he he did pitch 74 pitches out of the bullpen. So we'll have to see how it works out. But he is a little bit of a favorite here at 137. Any interest in Adri- Adrian Sampson?
2: No, no, just not going to go there. I mean, Pittsburgh's not really a team I want to attack. I mean, it gets a good ballpark, but Sampson is not a good pitcher.
3: Yeah, and Stephen Brault on the other side.
2: I, I, I like, don't
3: think I was gonna say i like lefties against Texas, but not him.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they, I don't think there's any real reason to use Brault. There's some decently priced pitchers on today's slate, so you don't have to go don't have to go too far down. I mean, you could realistically play him, but I think you're better off paying up a few G's to the other guys.
3: All right, let's talk bats here. Uh what's standing out to you for Texas?
2: I mean, not a whole lot going up against a lefty. There's no one that really stands out. I mean, Andres is fine, but it's playing being played over in Pittsburgh. The weather is not great there. It's going to be 69, but it's not really hot enough for me to really want to go with any of these bats going up against an all-right pitcher. They only have a 3.73 implied total, and no one in the starting lineup has an ISO over 200 versus lefties outside of Mazzara here, so I, I, I think unless I just happen to land on one of them as a one-off because of the price, I'm probably just going to fall on fade him.
3: Yeah, I think Joey Gallo is a good um, tournament one-off play. He has a 333 ISO against lefty since the start of last season. His strikeout rate is about 40%. Um, so you're obviously going to be very boomer bust here with Gallo. Um, and if he makes contact uh, against anybody, you know, with his launch angle and everything – you always have the upside. So if, if gal is in the lineup here, he's a guy that I would look at. And then on the Pittsburgh side of things, you know, Samson's really struggle with righties. Um, what's standing out to you for Pittsburgh?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a big enough sample size for me to really say that, Oh, I only want to play righties against him. Realistically. I'm probably fine with playing either side and just hoping that, or assuming that's a variance thing and that Samson is just bad overall. Um, so I'm fine with either side of the plate here. I think the first guy I'd go with is Polanco, who falls slowly by Marte. Um, but Fraser, Bell, Reynolds, like all the guys that can hit a decent amount of power, going up against a guy that gives up a hearty 40% hard hit rate uh, is completely fine because he doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys. And this Pittsburgh lineup has a whole lot of low strikeout bats, so the ball's going to be put in play the entire game here. Um, real chance for upside here, even in a bad ballpark so i do think the stacks in play but if i was looking at one-offs it would probably be blanco and Marte for me
3: yeah i wanted to mention brian reynolds too um he's another guy you know he's under 4k he's hit the ball really well um since getting called up he's 15 for 37 batting over 400 small sample but you know everything that we saw from him he's a little bit better from the left side of the plate so i, I do like him in this matchup um you know, I don't know if I necessarily want to stack Pittsburgh here, but their implied total definitely suggests that they're going to score some runs here. It's just more of ballpark than anything else. But I don't mind taking a few Pittsburgh bats here, using it as one-offs. However, you want to approach Pittsburgh, they're in a good spot. Boston at Baltimore, Hector Velasquez against David Hess. Um, any interest here in Velasquez? Nope. Uh, any interest in David Hess?
2: Absolutely not.
3: Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. We know that Velasquez, uh, for for whatever reason, just doesn't pitch deep into games. We're going to get the bullpen after using the bullpen quite a bit yesterday. Boston let everybody down, Grant, on Monday. What are we doing here? Are we going right back to the well?
2: I I think you have to. I mean, Means is a bad pitcher, um, but Hess is just downright horrible. And like, I know that he's been all right at times, but the guy just gives up a bunch of. Of fly balls, a decent amount of hard contact, doesn't strike out guys. Like, walks guys at a slightly above average clip. Pretty much everything that leads to fantasy production, and it's being played over in Baltimore, obviously, which does not help with a fly ball pitcher. Hopefully, their ownership will be a little bit down, considering what happened yesterday, but... I mean, it's pretty much all systems go with pretty much every single Boston Bats. So you start off with Betts and Martinez, but Ben and Tandy Bogarts, Devers, Chavez, More. Moreland, if he's in the lineup, Bradley. I, I, I don't think there's a single bat that you want to fade there. And it's being on the, it's being played on the road, so you're going to get nine full innings. So going with the guys at the bottom of the lineup is not a terrible idea. I'd say Moreland's my favorite GVP play if he gets that lower lineup spot, you know, the bottom there because going up against Hess who gives up more hard contact to the left side than he does to the right and a much higher ISO like Moreland's the guy I really want to go with in tournaments and Devers is not far behind, but everyone, everyone in this lineup is in play.
3: Yeah. I like Devers against low strikeout, high fly ball, hard contact guys. Uh, He's certainly somebody I like, like, Uh, You know, I I love all the Red Sox here. Um, I I think they're a top stack on the slate. Obviously, we have cores. um, You know, that's going to definitely factor in to how you build your lineups today. But the Red Sox are in a really good spot. And with it being kind of cold in cores and, you know, potentially having some weather, like the Red Sox might not get as much ownership as they should. So, yeah, I love the Red Sox here. Um, Is there anybody on Baltimore that you'd play here?
2: I mean, Velasquez is not very good, but he doesn't really give up a whole lot of hard contact or fly balls is the problem. I can see a a Baltimore stack being in play. Mancini is pretty much always in play, Um, but Velasquez is just not a very good pitcher, but not terrible at giving up fantasy points to opposing teams. And Davis, for his price tag, I'll always end up taking a shot on him because if he hits the ball, square then he can leave the yard um and people still don't play him that much except for when he's super cheap and they just need high or low price bats for for high price pitching um but yeah like there's nothing that stands out to me outside outside of price savings
3: yeah boston i used bullpen quite a bit on monday and we know velasquez not going to go deep here so Don't mind maybe getting a little bit of um, Baltimore Bats. You know, VR and Mancini probably my favorite with Smith being right there. And like you said, Davis is always a guy that's a little interesting um, just for his home run upside. Um, We got the Twins and the Blue Jays, 8.5 total. Jose Barrios against Aaron Sanchez. Barrios, a 148 favorite um, interest here in Barrios.
2: I mean, a little bit. The price makes me off him a bit. I mean, I think I'd rather go up for... Strasburg, oh, it, it's kind of tough at the very top on pitching today. Berrios, guard Strasburg are all very much in play, but like I guess Berrios realistically does have the best matchup here going up against Toronto with a whole bunch of Ks going up against righties. I don't know if I'm going to the top, but Berrios, like, he, he's just in play. I'm not going to go out of my way to roster him, I don't think. He does have the upside, but he hasn't really shown it a whole lot of the season outside of his first start. Toronto's a team that can get beat up, but I I don't know. I don't I'll I'll have some shares of Berrios, but like I said, I'm not going on my way to roster him here.
3: Yeah, I think you made a good point too. I don't know necessarily if this is a day that I'm gonna go all the way up here. Um I don't love the matchup for Strasbourg. Kind of the same red flag as I talked about yesterday with Scherzer. We'll talk about that when we get there, but Berrios is a really good play here upside wise, because he could strike out 10 guys in this game. Like the upside is massive. We just saw Martin Perez, um, absolutely dominate this blue Jays lineup on Monday. I, I think Barrios is definitely in play today. It's just more price type of thing. Um, I do think I like Barrios more than I like Strasburg. And I think the argument is really strong for Syndergaard and Barrios. Um, trying to decide who you want, um, as you're, as your top guy in the in that price range. I don't even know if they're my top guys today. I like I like the nine nine K range a lot today, and I think there's some really good play in the 8K range as well. So talk about that when we get there. Um any interest in Aaron Sanchez here?
2: I don't think so. I mean he's got decent numbers this year, I believe, from an ERA standpoint, but he's he's not pitching great this year. I mean he's walking a lot of guys, he will limit home runs, um, but I, I don't think I can play him. Like realistically, I'm not expecting him to keep playing decently here. He is cheap at 7.2k, but I I just I, I he's not going to keep his 3 ERA and Minnesota's a very tough team.
3: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the 3 ERA. Anytime you see like a massive gap between ERA, xFIP and Sierra, it, it's certainly something that should concern you. The X fip is pushing like 5.2, 5.3 on the season, 5.2 since the start of last season. Low strikeout guy, a guy that struggles with command, does typically get some ground balls, but it's I don't think it's going to really matter here. We get a lot of guys that can get the ball up in the air. So I'm going to pass on Aaron Sanchez, and I like some of these Minnesota bats. They're rolling right now. I really think like Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, Crone are all in play. Um, You know, Jason Castro was huge for me on Monday. If he's back in there, like, I really like the top of this Minnesota lineup.
2: Yeah, I don't hate him. I just don't think I want to use him as one-offs. Like, with Sanchez, you're kind of hoping that he walks a lot of guys and gets just beat up um, by Babbitt. You're not really expecting a huge amount of home runs, so... Searching for these searching for a one off with like Blanco, Cruz or Rosario or Crone is not the greatest thing in the world versus Sanchez, but I really do like the the stack here. I mean guys are gonna be on base. It's just whether they end up getting hit in. And if they do, then this could turn into a bad bullpen arm game very quickly if Sanchez gets a little bit out of control here. So I'm not looking at anyone in particular as one-off, but for a stack, Cruz, Rosario, Blanco, Kepler, um, and Crone are all fantastic plays and then just throwing in anyone else if you don't want to use one of those guys and want to go a little bit off the board um but they do have a 4.6 implied team total right now and i think that's about right here
3: yeah i like the maybe a three-man stack on the back end of another stack or four on four on Fanduel. like that's probably where i would use minnesota i don't know like you said pinpointing the one-offs are always tough like my my favorite one-off here would probably be Rosario just because he has the highest fly ball rate against lefties and he, still, he has the power and stuff. So, Or against righties, sorry. Um, any interest in any of the Toronto bats?
2: No, just no. <laughs> I mean, Barrios is good. This is pl- being played in Toronto, but I'm just not a big fan of this Toronto lineup normally, but going up against an ace pitcher makes it just an easy cross-off
3: for me. Yeah, the only guy that... I have interest in is probably Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like, it's just more of a price thing. Like he, the hype is gone, the price has come way down. Um, that he's like the only guy that I think I would take a shot on here.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, don't mind. I mean, and Rowdy's just because dude can, dude can hit the ball. Dude rakes.
3: <laughs> I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Vogelbox shirt right now. Like those guys, oh, like are they gosh. like the same guys? <laughs> i'll do Vogelbox box like my favorite player like it's just a thing though like arizona at tampa taylor clark against what seems to be it's going to be an opener and then jalen beaks um <laughs> I, I i dude i know i say it all the time but i absolutely hate this um opener thing it, it drives me absolutely insane um Taylor Crog Clark. This will not. This will be his first start, but it's not his first like outing in the majors. Um, Any interest here in Taylor Clark?
2: No, none whatsoever. The guy profiles is probably going to be just an average to below average pitcher from the get go. I don't see anything with him that really stands off the page. I mean, he has multiple different pitches, but I don't think he's really got great stuff. He may be a good. Pitcher in the future, but I don't think he's really major league ready now. And an inexperienced pitcher is not going against Tampa is not a good spot at all. So zero interest in Clark here.
3: Yeah, like he doesn't prospect. He prospects more as a bullpen guy. So I was actually shocked when I was doing research on him earlier today, and like he's starting. I was like, all right, but you know, his stuff is just not is not going to be good in the stop spot against a red hot Tampa offense, you know, 8.1% swinging strike rate with a strikeout rate under 16% in triple a this season. It's gone down since last year. Like he just, he doesn't project as having the stuff to really like put a hitter away in triple a like, so I'm going to pass on Taylor Clark. And I actually like the raise again today. I know I liked him yesterday and, um, you know, kind of going right back to the well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play this whole Jalen Beeks, um, whoever it might be, type role um, for Tampa today. I'm just. There's a lot of pitchers that I like on the slate, and I just don't see myself rolling it out today.
2: You know my feelings on Tampa Bay relief pitchers. They're dead to me until I decide to make the same bad decisions a month from now when Trinos is in a good spot.
3: Yeah, but they let him start the other day. That would be great if they just let him start, like. Never gonna really play Jalen Beeks outside of really good matchups, anyway. And like I know Snell just dominated this team, but like Jalen Beeks is like seventy one hundred. He doesn't profile as like this amazing like pitcher or anything. So he was a good prospect with the Red Sox. It just it just hasn't paid off.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, uh, he's the one really long relief guy that I have zero interest in. Pretty much every time, anyways.
3: Yep. Um, as far as Arizona, it really depends on, like, what lineup Arizona rolls out. Do they roll out a lineup to face the righty, or do they roll out the lineup to face the lefty? They have all those lefties at the top of the order. I really don't have interest in the Arizona bats, but if they get some of those righties in there, knowing that it's probably going to be a long reliever-type game, then, like, I could see maybe looking at some of these guys, but, like, it might just be a situation I just stay away from outside of maybe, like, Kettle Marte and Escobar, the switch hitters, that it really doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I'm I'm probably just full on fading. I mean, I'm this isn't a great ballpark for him. Um, Beaks is not a great reliever, but I mean, having Stanek in there at the beginning, likely two innings with him is not going to be great. And then Beaks. and then if the game's close, which there's a decent chance it is, then they're not going to get great bullpen arms. I'd, I'm probably just staying away from Arizona.
3: All right, let's talk Tampa Bats Grant. Let's just keep let's just keep loading them up.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. I still don't understand why people aren't just stacking them up every single day. And this is a perfect spot. And I mean, I'm sure they're going to be had a little bit of ownership considering they put up ten runs yesterday or twelve runs. I can't even remember. It was a lot. Um, and they still probably won't get enough ownership because of Coors on the slate and because of Boston. Uh, Tampa Bay might be my favorite stack on the entire slate of tournaments here. And there's a lot of good one-off bats here. I mean, Clark just not a big strikeout guy, so throwing low in there at the top is not a bad idea. Choi is obviously a great play. Low the other low um, is always too cheap. Garcia, Kiermaier, Zunino is probably one of my favorite catcher plays, and over on fantasy draft, I really like throwing him in my lineup every time because the dude has power and he's not facing a good strikeout guy. So this is my favorite stack, and the guys that I would start with are the three guys at the top: Choi, Fam, and low
3: yep low and low welcome in play um you can play them both on fantasy draft uh both first basements so stacking them up uh angels in detroit we got griffin canning against daniel norris nine total um canning a 136 favorite you know really went into depth last time canning started um very talented prospect um any interest here in canning
2: yeah yeah quite a bit um I am mean, obviously a little bit worried about how long his leash is going to be. I think in that last start he had, he only went, what, 80 pitches? I'm expecting... He went 82,
3: to. but, like, they let him start that inning, and, like, he just got into trouble, and they pulled him. I watched that start.
2: All right, Yeah, that, that was kind of following along, but I didn't really... I forgot to look into it a little bit more and figure out if it was just because it was getting uh, hit around a little bit. But the dude's got fantastic stuff. I mean, you see that he gave up three earned runs, and people are going to see the ERA, but... His XFIP is 2.73. Um, he's got a great, great K rate right now. He's going up against a not very good Detroit team. Canning's my favorite arm on the entire slate, and he's kind of the reason why I don't really have a huge amount of interest in playing Strauss, Barrios, or Center guard. Um, It's because he's just so much cheaper, and then there's another guy that I really want to play that might be might be out of it because of brain issues, in which case it makes me look at the top, but can is my favorite on the slate can's probably the guy i'm going with in cash canning's probably going to be my favorite guy in tournaments it's just a perfect spot for a great prospect
3: yeah in cash i'll probably end up playing like two 9k guys that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes but i do like the spot a lot for canning i wish he was a little cheaper like i get it anytime you have a, a you know a top prospect you know obviously they're going to get a lot of love but when you look at Detroit against sliders, there's a high, high amount of whiff rates on this team, and, like, this kid's slider is legit. So uh, the, up- the upside is very high here uh, for Griffin Canning, and, you know, we'll have to kind of see. Like, obviously, he wants to go out and have a better start than he did the first time. Um, he'd like to stay in this rotation, if I had to guess. So I see a lot of upside here. I see a lot of strikeouts in this Tigers lineup. Tigers have been hitting the ball a little bit better you know, from the start of the season till now. Um, So as bad as they started the season off, they have gotten better. They got bats in that lineup that can hit, but they also have a lot of strikeouts. So I like canning Um, more tournament play for me, but I understand your love for him here. Um, Daniel Norris. He's just not very good. Like I like lefties against the angels. They don't hit left-handed pitching very well outside of trout, but Daniel Norris is not that good. Like there's just not a lot of strikeout upside here.
2: Yeah, yeah, no interest in Norris here. Like I might I, I'd take a flyer on him against a team like the White Sox and I have. Um, but going up against a team that's not that great or that doesn't strike out a huge clip like the Angels versus lefties, it doesn't look like there would be anyways. Um, I just don't think that I don't I don't think it's a great idea to roll with Norris here.
3: Yeah, you know, obviously, like, Trout's one of the best plays on the entire slate. Um, anytime he faces the left, he's very much in play, and now, like, he's on the road, probably going to hit second like he usually does, and, you know, like, that fourth at-bat is very realistic, and, like, even a fifth at-bat might be possible here, so, um, like Trout a lot. Otani might be back. You know, they, they, there was a report that came out today that he flew to Detroit, and they were going to... They they pretty much approved him to return to action. They just want to see how he's feeling after flying out there or something like that. And it's more like, hey, you're facing a lefty today. Do you want another day off or, you know, which Otani would be interesting. But like Trout's the main play here for me. Like I don't really have a lot of interest. Maybe Simmons as, at shortstop, a position that's not very loaded. Uh, that's kind of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Trout's the only one-off guy. Um, I have a four-point set, four-point eight implied team total. So. I'd be all right with a stack here, but um, really, it's 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 trout is the only guy that I'm actually looking at. Everything else is just expecting Norris to completely fall apart, which he can do.
3: Yeah, like there's just not a lot to like. Like I don't ever play Fletcher; he just doesn't have a ton of upside. I just like even Lucroy today. There's there's a bunch of good catchers that I like. Like I just it's past for me. Um, Anybody on Detroit that you like here?
2: No, no. I mean, maybe I'm just way too high on canning, but uh, just no. I mean, you can take one off on Cassianos and Cabrera, but I in no way am going to.
3: Yeah, the only guy that stands out to me is Nico Goodrum. It's a very small sample, but he's hit sliders very well. He either strikes out or hits them for power, so he'd be the one guy that I would play as a one-off here. But again, I'm with you. I like canning a lot. Uh, Washington at Milwaukee, Steven Strasburg, Freddie Peralta, eight total pick game. And, like, this happened yesterday with Scherzer, and I was like, you know, Grant, I, I just – I faded Scherzer yesterday. The line just kind of really stood out to me. I pulled up the line today, and now it's a straight – it's a pick'em game again. Like, I just don't see myself using Strasburg today.
2: Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the great 8-9K pitchers, then – I would be on him, but it, it's like it's 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 not a safe spot. I mean, safety isn't really that much of a thing anymore uh, with the balls being juiced. But like in Milwaukee, all those lefties going up against Strasburg, who can get beat up a little bit more by lefties than he does righties. Um, low strikeout guys, high walk guys, like Strasburg can really get into trouble here. He's still in play for tournaments just because the upside is always there, but. I yeah, I think I'd rather roll with the eight and nine k pitchers today, just because like there's too many ways this could go terribly wrong with Stras.
3: Yeah, and the thing about it too is like Max still, I think he scored over 25 fantasy points, so it's not like he had a bad day by any means. It's just the line is super concerning to me, and it just it just worries me. It's just not it's just not it's just not the spot that I want to play Strasburg in. I worry about the this lineup. It's a really good lineup, and um. Freddy Peralta on the other side, I have zero interest in him. I, I know, like, this is a run-down Washington lineup. Soto's out. Adams is out. Very, very right-handed heavy. Maybe you can make the argument 251 Wobo, 134 ISO, 29% strikeout rate against Righty since the start of last season. But massive fly ball guy that gives up a ton of hard contact. So, like, maybe this is a spot he goes out and gets, like, six or seven Ks and gives up a couple home runs. Um, but I don't know if that's good enough on the slate. I guess like. The more I talked through it, like, the more, like, he might be a little bit more interesting than I had originally thought.
2: I mean, Fred Peralta, it's going to go one way or the other, and his price tag makes me interested. He's in there for tournaments. Like, Washington, this is a rundown lineup here. I mean, depending on who's actually in it, you have to wait and see who they throw in there. But Peralta, just his upside's there for every single slate, and his price tag is good enough where, like, you can you can realistically play him and just hope for a decent outing here. But we know that he's probably going to end up with, what, five points or under five points or over 30 um, are the two possible outcomes being played in Milwaukee. So it makes it a little bit tougher. But he's in play for tournament. Just know that you, that lineup might be dead two innings into this game.
3: Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Check the lineup. See what the lineup looks like. You know, if it's an interesting lineup where you got some strikeouts, take advantage of it. Um, any interest in the Washington bats?
2: I mean, against Peralta, Stack's always in play. It's being played in Milwaukee. Stack's always very much in play. Again, look at what lineup ends up coming out tomorrow, but they they could put up some runs against Peralta or they can get shut down. So I think a stacks in play, but there's no bat in particular that I'm really looking at as a one-off.
3: Yeah, like, this lineup could be really, really run down, too. Like, Stevenson and um, Taylor are both, like, hurt as well. So, like, we could potentially get, like, a really cheap outfielder um, if both of those guys are out. Like, Stevenson is already cheap. So just kind of pay attention um, to this lineup when it comes out. You could get a cheap bat. But, yeah, like you said, Peralta's always a guy you can stack against. It's just just not a spot that I think I would, like – I usually play like three tournament teams every day and like, I don't think I'll end up on a stack here. Rendon's probably my favorite play from Washington. Um, what are we doing here with the Milwaukee bats?
2: Probably nothing. I mean, Yelich is fine as a one-off, but it's not like it was against Strass or against Scherzer yesterday. Um, Scherzer gives up a lot of bombs, obviously powers great against lefties, but Strauss is a little bit less so of that type of guy. Um, so, stacks not really in play here. One offs are not great. Uh, I mean, I guess if, if like Shaw's still cheap over on FanDuel, you can take a shot on him, but I, I just don't think that I'm gonna go with any Milwaukee bats today.
3: So, I didn't even realize it, but Milwaukee's projected to use an opener for this game. <laughs> um, Hauser's supposed to open and then Peralta's supposed to come in.
2: Yeah, oh, gosh. Oh, man. This is where <laughs> fantasy sports get fun. First, they raised it, then the Angels, and now the Brewers are like, why not give Peralta a break from the top four bats in the lineup?
3: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, as far as Milwaukee goes, like, you can play these guys any day. Like, it, it just – it's a tough spot. But Yelich, Moustakis, Shawl, Thames, Grandall like, they, they have a ton of power – in this lineup so it's just not a great spot steven strasburg a good pitcher even if like you get a couple home runs here like you're probably still not winning with a stack and then trying to pinpoint like where the one-offs come from is just it just gets tough yeah philadelphia at st louis aaron nola dakota hudson eight and a half total nola 114 favorite thoughts here on aaron nola
2: a little bit too cheap. A little bit too cheap at 9,200. I know that he had a little bit of struggles early on and he hasn't been great at any point, but he's still got the stuff. I mean, the St. Louis lineup isn't really an easy lineup, but Nola is just too cheap considering how good of a actual pitcher he is. And I know he struggled versus lefties quite a bit this year, but realistically we have Wong, we have Carpenter, and that's, that's, that's it in the lineup. He's done great versus righties pretty much all season long. Um, So Noel's one of the guys I'm looking at a lot for tournaments. I still am worried a little bit um, in cash, but he may be in consideration if, if Caleb Smith is not possible or if I can't get up to uh, one of the other guys in cash.
3: Yeah. I I like the spot um, for Nola. Like I don't want to overreact still. I I've been saying this with him. Like, the FIP numbers are really solid for him. The X FIP is kind of concerning. Um, even in the Detroit game last time out, he had a 90% left on base rate, and it kind of helped him out. Uh, but his Babbitt was like 412 in that game. So, you know, kind of neutralized. The walks are the biggest thing for me. Like, that's how he racked up his pitch count against Detroit the other, you know, last week. Um So, like, those are my concerns, but very right handed heavy team. We know how good Nola is against righties. We know how good his curveball is against righties. We know, like, the upside here. And, like you said, the price is very, very um, juicy. So, I like Aaron Nola a lot. Um, I'm kind of with you. I'm waiting to see what happens with the Chicago weather as far as whether I'm going to use Caleb Smith or Nola. But um, I have zero interest in in dakota hudson on the other side of this game
2: yeah right there with he doesn't strike out guys walks a lot of guys philly's a tough team no reason to use hudson
3: let's talk bats you pretty much just said you know why we should be looking at these bats harper hoskins um really good spots for those two guys
2: yeah but i mean this philly team has got great bats all the way up and down hoskins obviously my favorite because i'm me um but hudson has not been great versus lefties pretty much since the beginning of last year and this smallish sample size, he's been horrible. So Harper, uh, Oduble, both very much in play here. And I don't mind rounding it out with guys like McCutcheon, Segura, Real Muto. Like this is a great stack spot here. I don't know. Do we have a line? Yeah, we have a line for it. And they're only projected at four point three runs, but it's gonna be seventy seven degrees over there in St. Louis. I really like this Philly stack and obviously i'm just starting with uh, with hoskins and i'll probably probably end up using him for cash depending on what his price is i can't remember off the top of it's my head.
3: insanely high um but i do think you start your cash lineup today with bryce harper uh for what it's worth like 4500 for bryce harper is just it's just a little too cheap
2: yeah that is definitely too cheap there going to yeah yeah no harper is one of the best plays for cash
3: yeah like hoskins is 54 and harper's 45 um and we know dakota hudson's like struggles against lefties and like they're on the road harper's probably going to get four at bats if not more like this is a good spot to play harper at 4500
2: i mean hoskins still cheaper than shroud and he's the better hitter
3: um any interest (laughs) in the st louis (laughs) side of things ignored
2: uh carpenter um just because carpenter is a lefty and nola has not been great versus lefties and carpenter is just way way too darn cheap again um 3,800 he's a guy that i'll look at a lot but outside of him i'm not gonna play Goldschmidt. i may stack up st louis once in case nola is just broken right now but um It's really just Carpenter is the only guy, just a great batter going up against Nola, who's really struggled versus lefties this year.
3: Yeah, and like, man, I played Carpenter in cash on Monday, and like, you, there's another argument to be made. He's 3800. He was really cheap on Fanduel too, and even though Noel is good, like everybody gets down on Carpenter every year. He starts the season slow every year, and then all of a sudden, Matt Carpenter starts hitting again, and like he's starting to hit the ball well, like. Just play Matt Carpenter like it, you know. It's just a it's a really good spot for him, ground ball pitcher, fly ball hitter. Uh, good spot for good spot for Carpenter. But I don't like any of these other guys. Like Carpenter is really the only guy you can always play Goldie. But like I, I still don't think I'd play Goldie in this spot either.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like one thing you guys got to realize is St. Louis organization's a heck of a lot smarter than us, and they're still betting Carpenter lead off. They know something. They know Carpenter's still got it. So just play him.
3: They know he's good. Miami at Chicago taking on the Cubs. We got Caleb Smith, John Lester, the battle of the lefties. This is the game that I'm kind of concerned about whether as far as pitching goes, but we're supposed to get winds blowing in 12 miles an hour grant at in this game's going to be in the mid 40s at first pitch like if there was ever a time to play, you know, a pitcher, this would be a, a time. Um I like both these pitchers. Let's talk get Caleb Smith first.
2: I mean, Caleb Smith has one of the highest swinging strike rates in the league. This kid is very good. The upside is massive. The weather is on his side. If the weather is going to be all right, he's right up there with Canning for me. is one of my favorite plays on the entire day here. I mean, this kid is just good, and with the weather completely in his favor. I mean, you look at his last four starts; he's had twenty five in every single one of them, and he hasn't been playing that easy of teams i mean cleveland and philly twice in washington this kid is super good and i know it's not being played over miami but with these weather conditions honestly it's it's not much worse than playing in miami
3: you know obviously you got to worry about javi and and bryant um you know even Contreras, but there's some really big strikeouts here in this lineup too and like you know even like even those guys like with the even with smith being a fly ball guy like if he's going to get the vantage of the wind blowing in and it being really cold, like, you know, balls that like barely go out are warning track shots when the wind's blowing in at Wrigley. So, um, I like Caleb Smith. He's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate, depending on the weather. Hopefully the weather's fine. Uh, let's talk John Lester. We look at this Miami lineup and this Miami lineup is bad. I, I know John Lester's not great. Like he was before, but it's really hard to, argue with john lester just going out here and throwing like seven you know really solid innings um it's only allowed one earned run over his last three starts and you know he faced seattle and the dodgers in the in in that span
2: i mean my problem is guys like prado and rojas who just they're not good they're i mean prado has a 0.048 iso and a 274 woba but he's Struck out 1.5% of the time since the beginning of last year versus lefties here. Uh, this Miami team doesn't strike out a huge amount versus lefties. I guess it, it's just the bottom half of the lineup. It's, there's upside simply because he can pitch a complete game shutout if these weather conditions are what I think they're going to be, and it doesn't look like there's dangerous. So I have some interest in Lester. Just I, I, I think I'd rather go with guys like McHugh, guys like uh, Canning, who are a little bit cheaper, just slightly more expensive with Nola and Smith. I don't know if Lester will make it into too many of my lineups, but if it weren't for those guys around him, he'd definitely be very much in my consideration. Just, I don't think I want to use him here.
3: Yeah. I, I like Lester more on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings, if that makes any sense. He's 8,500 on FanDuel. I think that, I, I think the quality start is really very, very doable here for him. Um, you know, obviously the win is is certainly something you got to kind of worry about facing Caleb Smith, but um, I I like this spot for Lester. I I don't love him. I don't think he has a ton of upside. I just think he's I don't I hate using the word safe in baseball because it just it's not a word we should use in baseball. But he's one of the better safer options on the slate. Um, and and like those guys at the top, just pitch to contact on those guys and get quick outs like just save your pitch count against those guys they're not going to strike out yeah um any bats on the miami side that you like here
2: i don't think i want any bats from this entire game if this weather is what it is i mean i'll, I'll just save you time on my analysis it's brian or it's bias and that's kind of assuming that there might be an emitting delay where smith gets uh taken out of the game early but and uh, with this weather, it's not something I, uh, it, fading it has worked out way better than me for me than actually playing any bats.
3: Yep. Going to have to keep, see what Kevin Roth says. Obviously that's the most, you know, important thing when it comes to this. So if he, if he says that the rain's going to hold off towards the end and we're not going to have to worry about it, then I have zero interest in the bats in this game. Like you said, like you can always play Brian or Baez against lefties, but like Kayla Smith hasn't been your typical lefty. The kid's good. Got a lot of good stuff. Uh, Kansas City at Houston. Danny Duffy, Colin McHugh, eight and a half total. McHugh is a two twenty five favorite here against Duffy. Um, and Garrett Cole was a massive favorite yesterday, and I think he ended up losing, right? Or did they? They came back and won because of the offense, but like Cole didn't have his best stuff. Um, any interest here in Duffy?
2: Um, no, just yes, no.
3: That's uh, gonna be a hard pass. Um, for me as well. I don't like Duffy here. And then as far as McHugh goes, like he has some upside, you know, assuming that they roll out their normal lineup, there's going to be three lefties plus Billy Hamilton. Um, You know, he strikes out enough where he, he doesn't bother me, but enough upside here that Colin McHugh's in play. Yeah, no, very
2: much. And it's, it's mostly a price play at 8,200. That's just too cheap. And he hasn't been like, You look at his numbers, he hasn't been bad this year. He had one bad outing in Texas, and I believe that there was really good hitting weather that day. I could be wrong. Um, And he had one bad outing against Minnesota. But outside of that, he's been stellar, much better than a $8,200 pitcher. And this Kansas City lineup really is not that good, and they strike out a decent clip. Uh, I It was right up there with Caleb Smith and Canning for me today. Really, really like him. We'll use him quite a bit um, just because I don't think people are going to go with him that much because of ownership or because of what he did in his last outing, what he did two outings ago. So, McHugh, absolutely fantastic. High 20s, low 30s K rate guy, realistically. He's what he should end up at. Got great stuff. And he's going up against a Kansas City team with a whole bunch of high strikeout uh, batters in there. So, McHugh is is one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. And it's not going to surprise me surprise me if I end up going canning and McHugh in
3: cash tomorrow. Um let's talk bats. Any interest in the Kansas City bats?
2: No. Just no. I mean, McHugh outside of one blow up there, he really hasn't had many. And I know they just did what they did against Cole yesterday, but and that happens sometimes. I'm 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 fading the KC bats outside of maybe one off on Dozier just because of his power.
3: Yeah, and like you can always make an argument to play Mondesi, but when you're looking at this team against sliders, which McHugh uses a lot against righties, um, you know, the righties here struggle quite a bit. So um, as far as Houston goes, um, there were a team that I, I stacked on Monday, and I'll probably stack him again, Grant. Like Danny Duffy doesn't scare me. He's a low strikeout guy, gives up a ton of hard contact with a ton of fly balls um, against righties and it just seems like a spot. We go right back to the well in these righties.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love Houston today. Um, Duffy, like, he, he has been good at times in the last few years. Um, but we only have a two-game sample size of him this year. He's probably going to be around an average 20% K-rate guy here, and this Houston team doesn't strike out a lot already, at least in the top six of the lineup here. Um yeah, he's he's not great versus right. He gives up a lot of high, hard contact, gives up a lot of fly balls, and a little bit of it is his saving grace is going in KC and pitching there. Um, so I love the Houston stack today. I mean, they're going to get a little bit lost in the fold with the Coors and with Boston. So they're they're a team that I'm really looking at quite a bit. Obviously, start off with the main guys: Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Correa. Um, but don't mind Giriel, don't mind White this team is going to destroy Duffy here and Casey does not have a great bullpen
3: yeah and that's the other thing like the bullpen's really bad like this is the day that I want like I really want like Brantley to get the day off and like move everybody up a spot like Gary and white uh, because they're really cheap like 3600 and 3700 like both those guys uh very much in play um against Duffy here. Uh, all these guys really in play. Like I, I like all these guys. Brantley's probably my least favorite. You know his price is really expensive and it's tough to fit him in. And it's a lefty lefty matchup. And even when Duffy's been bad, he's been you know good enough against lefties that I'll pass. Uh, San Francisco at Colorado, ten and a half total. Madison Bumgarner against Antonio Sensatella. Um, almost a pick em game here. And this is a game that we're gonna have to really rely on Kevin Roth um, to see what the weather looks like. Um, any interest in either one of these pitchers? No. Yeah, I don't have interest either, even Bumgarner. Uh, let's talk bats here. You know, the Giants going from Cincinnati to Coors. My my thing here with the Giants is they're not a very good fastball hitting team, and that's what Sensatella throws a ton. I think we can get away with being careful with our exposure to the Giants, but they're still... Granted, they're really cheap for being a team going into course.
2: Yeah, no. And I mean, it's Coors. Anything can happen. And I mean, I love Brandon Belt. I'll use Brandon Belt regardless over there in Coors. Um, but like Posey, 4,500, Belt, as I already said, 4,400 here. Like, not many bats in this lineup that are actually over 4K playing in Coors against a pitcher with a 4.5 XFIP since the beginning of last year that only strikes out guys that. 17 16 percent k rate that gives a decent amount of hard contact I know he's a bit of a ground ball guy and there's not a huge amount of power in this lineup But some of these bats have actually been hitting decent amount of power and a lot of their ISO numbers and a lot of their um, Numbers are basically just because they play over in San Francisco for half the year here So I'm fine with panic if he's leading off even if he's not leading off. They're all cheap. Duggar Posey belt Sandoval even Crawford or Pilar, I'm fine with. Um, I don't like them as hitters, but they're cheap enough where it's fine. Like, you can stack this up every which way here. And, like, the pricing is going to keep them with a little bit of ownership, but people don't want to play San Francisco regardless of where they're at here. So, I really, really like the San Francisco stack. Even though they're not a great team, their prices make it uh, not a bad decision. But you start off with a belt, absolutely.
3: Yeah, Belt, my favorite. Crawford, probably my next favorite just because it's shortstop and he's cheap and it's in cores. Um If Duggar and Panic are at the top, I, I obviously like those guys. Um, the other side of this game, Colorado, Story and Arenado. Um, really the two guys that I have interest in. Chris at catcher, I don't mind him um, if you have the salary to pay up for him, but like it, in cash games, it's going to be really hard not to play Cervelli in cash today at 3K um, facing Samson, so I don't really see myself paying up at catcher today, but I will say, like, Ionetta at 3,900 is very much in play against the lefty.
2: Yeah, Story and Arenado very clearly the best guys to go with. And Bumgarner, he, he gives up a, a lot of hard contact, which you can get away with playing in San Fran for most of his games. Um, but, like, still throws a sinker a decent amount, still throws a curveball a decent amount. Those aren't really going to react great in – cores here and his cutter i guess he's going to be tossing that a lot and i honestly i don't hate any of the righties here and if you want to round out of stack throwing in blackman or doll is not the worst idea in the world but story and arenado are two guys that you want to try and fit in your cash team and big reason why i'm going to probably use canning and the queue in cash today is because it allows me to fit both aaronado and story in my lineup in all likelihood so yeah look at these two guys for cash obviously and tournaments you can stack up this Colorado team pretty pretty darn well all
3: right moving on we got Cincinnati heading to Oakland Tyler Molly against Mike fires eight and a half total fires a 124 favorite was it you or was it Bobby that was on Molly and the on the short slate last podcast was it you uh,
2: I think that was I think that was Bobby.
3: All right, I'm gonna have to give him a shout out because like whoever it was one of you two and if you don't remember it, it must have been Bobby and like he's just like, Yeah, it's a small slate. Like it was like a three or four game early slate, and like there wasn't a ton of pitching. He's like, just play Tyler Molly and get the discount. And Molly put up twenty eight point nine and it was just a really good call and couldn't remember who it was. Um don't think I will go back to the well here with Tyler Molly.
2: Yeah, it is being played in Oakland, but, I mean, Molly's a decent enough pitcher this year. He strikes out a little bit of guys, but Oakland's a very good team. They're very patient. Like Molly, I'm expecting to be a little bit more like he was back in 2018. Oakland's a ballpark that suppresses strikeouts. There's just a lot more flyouts there. And this Oakland team's not really one I want to target that much. I don't see upside here. His price tag is 7K. Isn't worth going with, considering all the guys in the eight K range. I'm I'm not going Bali. All
3: right, um, I'm I'm with you. I don't like him here. I just don't like the upside. Uh, Mike Fires, I'm gonna pass on him too.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's not a not a bad idea. I, 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 you you just fade Fires and you're fine. Like he may not give up a whole lot of runs over in Oakland um but he's not going to have a huge amount of upside. It's a perfect ballpark for him as I say every time, but he's he's not that great of a fantasy pitcher.
3: Yeah, I'm just looking at the strikeout stuff and like swinging strike rate under 9%, strikeout rate around 19%. Um I just don't see a ton of upside and there's just not a lot of strikeouts in the Cincinnati lineup in general. Uh they're not a team that typically strikes strikes out a lot. Um any interest in the Cincinnati bats here in Oakland?
2: uh probably not i mean any one of them are fine as a one-off but just because fires can give up a bomb or two Uh, playing over in oakland is generally a spot that i i fade the visiting team especially when it's going to be 58 degrees there i I don't think there's anyone i'm looking at in particular and i'm not not tasting all that dietrich power that he has
3: dude i love nick senzel um this kid's just mashing you know he obviously switching ballparks here but like just looking at like his exit velocity and stuff since he's been called up and like the balls that he's hit he's hit really hard and like his cx woba is like ridiculously high um i i really like him he's 4200 i know this is not the greatest ballpark but i I think this is a multi-hit game for him and he's just been raking like He's kind of he's kind of making Vlad look bad a little bit, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I think Vlad's also making him look bad a little bit.
3: <laughs> I'm mean, making Vlad, bad. Vlad look bad for right now. Um, but yeah, I I, I like the spot for Zinzel. Um, if you want to ride the Dietrich hot train, I don't hate it. Um, really, just going to depend on ownership on him. But Zinzel is my favorite play from the Reds today. Um, Oakland bats. Anything standing out to you here?
2: I mean, Molly is gives up a decent amount of hard contact but unless they're going against a low real low strikeout guy that gives up a lot of hard contact i, I generally don't target this oakland team you know as much in oakland
3: yeah chris davis um olsen like those are my favorite plays here uh olsen's back right
2: i believe he's going or coming
3: that. like i think he's going to be activated today um so obviously it's his yeah. first game back, but like he he went on a rehab stint. So like Olson, Matt Olson will be talked about on this podcast a lot, Grant, a lot.
2: Oh, you you know how much I love him.
3: <laughs> Get ready for like, oh man, the the three man stack when Oakland's on the road again is just it is glorious with Chapman, Davis, and Olson. Get ready for that all the time. Oh yeah, you know, you know me. You know that was my <laughs> bread and butter last year. Made us some, made us some buckies. uh, Mets Padre seven and a half total. Noah Syndergaard against qual Cal Quantrill, um, Syndergaard only a one thirty seven favorite here, which I think is a mistake. Um, especially coming off of one of his best games in a long time. It was really good to see him just go out and be Thor, um, and, and just have the game. Let's talk Syndergaard first. Very, very right-handed heavy offense. And even like throughout his struggles, like he's still just been absolute dominant against right-handed batters.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he he was a pretty decent actor in in Endgame. If you haven't seen it already, you probably should. No um,
3: spoilers. I haven't seen oh, it yet.
2: Oh gosh, what is wrong with you? My They've wife spoiled- is
3: catching up on all the other movies, and she wants to go see it together. So I am patiently, and I say this in the nicest way, patiently waiting for my wife.
2: You're 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 a darn good husband. You know I that. don't
3: know about that, but I'll, I'll I'll just say like I'm patiently waiting, patiently waiting. Grant,
2: look, any any husband that's willing to sacrifice waiting two weeks before seeing in game is considered a good husband, no matter what.
3: I agree. Um, um <laughs> back to Syndergaard. He like the more I think about it, the more I think I like Syndergaard more than Barrios, just given the ballpark.
2: Yeah, the ballpark, and I mean this. This Padres lineup does have some power, um, but they still strike out a decent enough rate here. Yeah, I think I'd go Thor over Barrios, but I still don't know if it's enough to get me off of guys. Like... I, I'm I'm going to go more in the mid-range, but if I have the money to pay for a guy, it's probably going to be Cindergaard. Um, and especially if Caleb Smith is not viable because of the weather, then Cindergaard definitely becomes more in play. This is He's just a great pitcher. Gets a decent amount of ground balls, strikes out a bunch of guys, and coming off his best start. So he's my preferred payup right now.
3: Yeah, I might use, like, the more I think about it, the more I think I might use Smith in tournaments and just play like a Syndergaard McHugh um, cash team. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense today. And I kind of like it. So, like, the the more I think about it, the more I might go that route. Um, But I, I still love Caleb Smith for tournaments, but. Just an amazing spot for Um Quantrill, on the other hand, this guy didn't even... He didn't project to be a good pitcher in the AAA. Like, I just don't know why he's up. And, like, this is a spot we, we're just going to take advantage of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't it's want... hard to
3: take advantage of it because there's not a lot to love. But, like, I, I like the Cano price.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Mets, um, just in general, the team I'd prefer if it was in a better ballpark. It's obviously better than uh, City and their prices aren't great, but Cano obviously his price is good. Um, but Alonzo, Conforto, like the lefties here, He it's not a big sample size. Quantrill has been terrible versus lefties since only 18, but looking at his stuff, um, he's probably not going to be a big. Um, reverse splits guy. He's probably just going to be a normal splits guy. He does have a decent changeup, but none of his pitches are really that great. So I will happily use Nimmo, Conforto, Cano, McNeil, Alonzo, and even Ramos just because of the catcher eligibility or Frazier. Like there's some power here and I know they haven't been great lately and they just absolutely got destroyed by what's his paddock today. But I'll stack up this Mets team, and Cano is the one guy that I really want to use as a one-off just because of his price.
3: Paddock's legit, folks. I'm just telling you. Like, well, like,
2: we just didn't know that this quickly he would have this kind of outing.
3: Yeah, like, you know, we knew he was really good, like you said. But, like, he really hasn't been blown up, like, this season either. Like, he... He projects as an ace, and he's kind of showing us why. Um, Cano, Cano, my favorite bat here, Conforto right up there, but like, I'm not going to go out of my way to stack the Mets. I'll use them more as one-offs. Um, Cano's an interesting pivot off of Panic. They're in the same price range. Um, if you want to take the better hitter and not the ballpark. Um, I have zero interest in the San Diego bats. I know they could get to send and like he, he might give up a home run or two here, but I, I'm just not going to risk, risk it. I'm just going to take the pitcher.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not going with any Padres.
3: All right. Last game on the slate, Atlanta at LA taking on the Dodgers, Max freed against Ryu. Um, Ryu, um, no total on this one. Grant, I'm going to tell you right now, Max Freed is one of my favorite tournament plays on the slate. I don't think he'll have any type of ownership. The kid is super legit, and this team, while they are really good against right-handed pitching, they struggle with lefties, and like the upside here is just massive. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried uh, about it. Hey, listen, I'm worried. Don't get me wrong, but I, I love the upside.
2: Yeah, there is definitely upside. It's all about if he ends up walking a bunch of guys because I know they're not really great at putting up a whole bunch of runs versus versus lefties, but, like, they all walk at a plus 10% clip. I think Bellinger's the lowest at 9% walk rate versus lefties here. So, I mean, even though they are much worse against lefties, I, I have a little bit of trouble going with him. If it wasn't for canning and the Q being on the slate, it's slightly cheaper. Or with if Caleb Smith is in there, I could see it. I'm not going there. I understand your logic. And this guy can just mow through anyone. The guy's got great stuff, but I, I don't I don't want to play anyone versus the Dodgers pretty much
3: ever. Listen, I don't like playing pitchers against the Dodgers too. So for me to say like he's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate obviously tells people a lot. Um he's just he's super legit. And like over the last couple starts is like His control and his command look great. And if he can carry that into this start on the road, which obviously hurts a little bit, but a ton of downside. Like, obviously, he could go out and get shelled, but I like the upside and I don't mind taking risks. Do you have any interest in Ryu?
2: Not at his price. I mean, you mentioned before the podcast um, pitcher lefties against Atlanta is not really the best thing in the world. I don't want to pay nine eight for them when I have Caleb Smith for three hundred cheaper and Syndergaard for three hundred more expensive. Again, I'm going more with the mid range, but this is not a great spot. Just a slightly low average strikeout team, or slightly above average, however you look at it. Atlanta is not a great team at striking out versus lefties, and they walk at a high clip. They have a lot of power. They're just a great (laughs) overall team here, so I have no interest in you.
3: Yeah, I, I like Ryu this season. Like, we're we're getting 100 pitches. They're letting him pitch, pitch deep into games, the strikeout stuff. Like, he has um 25 strikeouts over his last three games, which is, like, 20.2 innings. So, like, I, I like what we're seeing prospects-wise of Ryu this season. I just don't like the spot. And I'm not going to run out and stack Atlanta in this spot, but I like... I like- I don't really like a batter from this game. I, you know, obviously you can make an argument for Albies, Acuna, Donaldson, Kiki Hernandez, Justin Turner. But like both of these pitchers are really good. I wouldn't be shocked if we see like a, a seven total here in, in this game when it opens.
2: Yeah, I'd I, I, I expect a seven and a half at least.
3: Thinking that, yeah, I, I just don't see it getting up to like eight, eight and a half.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by eight, but I think likely it's likely going to be seven and a half. I mean, we'll see in the morning, I guess. But, I mean, the one batter I really like here is Justin Turner just because of his price tag going against the lefty. It's that simple. He's 3700 He's going against the lefty. He's the guy that I want to use here.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Um, anything else?
2: Nope.
3: All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um Let's see, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got?
2: Oh gosh. Well, I guess the only answer is Fred Peralta. That he'll either get six or more strikeouts or six or more runs in the first inning.
3: <laughs> yeah, like obviously, like this this range today, like live in the 8K range. Um, I don't like any of these guys. Um, on slates like this, I feel like we got to change the game up a little bit and maybe you know what? If you down.
2: want, I'll, I'll give you eight and a half as the line. I'll be, nice.
3: yeah, but like we, we know, like Canning and McHugh are the guys. I'm looking for a guy under 8K, I'm just trying to figure out who it is. Like, realistically, the answer should probably be Bumgardner, but he's pitching in cores, but like, he's probably the answer here, right?
2: I mean, Molly might be your best bet. All reality, yeah, like
3: obviously if that lineup is Oakland, you know, Molly's probably right up there too. I'm gonna take Bum. I'm gonna take Bum Gardner to get seven or more strikeouts or six or more strikeouts. Yeah. Um over 8K to score under 15 points. Who's your fade up top today?
2: Oh gosh, that one is also kind of tough there. Um I'm I'm going with Freed just because he made Oh, the end
3: downside up. is massive. Yeah, yeah. Facing the Dodgers. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Steven Strasburg struggles today.
2: That, that was bold. I like
3: it. Yeah, I'm probably not going to play him. So he's my least favorite out of the top options. Um, I can see why people play him. I'm just not going to. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who's your expensive home run today?
2: Um, The best batter in the league.
3: Hoskins? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I figured that's who you are talking about.
2: Yeah, most of the time I say out of necessity. This is a really great spot for him, though.
3: Yep. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to take somebody from that game, too. I'm going to go Harper.
2: That's not a bad decision, either.
3: I just like the price on Harper today. I know I'm going to have a ton of him, so I'm going to will him to a good good day. Um, under 4K to get two hits, excluding cores. who do you got? Uh,
2: Turner.
3: Justin Turner. Man, you're really going after my boy here.
2: I mean, I I literally just, just Turner. Turner crushes lefties and he's super
3: cheap. Um, I'm going to go back to a game we talked about like right at the beginning. I'm going to say Brian Reynolds um, gets two hits today at 3,900. I like it. Um, Last one. Give me a stack to score six or more runs. Tampa Bay. Yeah. So I said yesterday, I like it.
2: well, they scored double that
3: yesterday. I know. They, they made me look good. Um, oh Man, there's so many good spots today. I'm just trying to find one. Like, I like to pick a, a team that's a little under the radar. And... Oh, man. I'm going to say... I don't know how they're necessarily going to get there. But I like the stack the more I think about it. I'm going to take the Twins.
2: I mean, they're going to get there by getting walked ten
3: times. <laughs> walked a couple times home run Walked a couple times home run um but yeah i like the twins i'm gonna have a, a twinkie stack today so that's where i'm at uh grant any final thoughts before we get out of here
2: um play canning play all the canning
3: yeah i like griffin canning a lot too so that's gonna wrap it up here for tuesday i hope everyone has an awesome day no nascar race today we were spoiled yesterday got a nascar race got baseball the nascar race today but it is a saturday night race this week i'm excited already ready to get going for this week uh that's gonna wrap it up hope everyone crushes tonight and we'll see you guys again tomorrow